Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I'm your host, Stephanie Preisner, and with me in studio today is someone you've never heard of, Luke O'Neill. Scientist extraordinaire chewing on a biscuit. I'm having my biscuit, but you, but you gave me so very, very grateful to you for feeding me with biscuits, isn't that nice? Yeah, because I'm just giving you a nice little cookie from Honey Truffle. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so my daughter had her vaccines, mm-hmm. her six month ones. Yep. We had them at seven months because at six months the nurse quit. Oh, good Lord. So we had, right. uh, we're on a waiting list, mm. which means that her 12 month ones will now be at 13 months mm-hmm. and 13 at 14 months. She also has an egg allergy and Actually. apparently the MMR vaccine is made on egg white or something. Oh yes, there can be egg components in some vaccines, the flu vaccine, yeah, which she wouldn't have had. That, that's made in eggs, strangely. So anybody who has an egg allergy can react to those ones. So you got to watch can, for that. I can see why people become anti-vaxxers, Luke. Yeah, it's disturbing, isn't it? It's when so the baby starts crying. sad yeah. looking I at know. her. And there's three yeah. of them. Yeah, now is they get a bit, no, of a bit of a fright. Don't they, you is know, there no of, way of doing it that isn't an injection into their well, leg? they're like. trying to get the injections to be less troublesome, shall we say, with smaller needles and patches and various things, you know? Yeah. And the great thing, make them all oral. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah, like you the see? rotavirus. Like rotavirus or polio. So they're working hard on making them oral for that reason, because it makes it less uh, troublesome. She hasn't had a polio vaccine. Not yet, no. no oh. but, but they, it's a good question now, when they give it in Ireland, I don't know. Because she will get it, I think she will get it. Yeah. Which oh, is God. a very important vaccine, of course, because if you catch polio, you get paralysed, and nobody wants that, let's put it that way. You is know, polio so. still around? Um, well, there was a slight resurgence, as you may have seen, yeah. uh, in America a few months ago. Is that know? from people not getting vaccinated? People not getting vaccinated. And, and like it's a strange business because if you're if you're in your is polio the one you can get in the swimming pool? You can, yeah. It's waterborne, so if you're in your eighties, anybody who listens, uh, they remember polio. It was a vicious, horrible disease. Kids would go to their doctors' paralysis, and the doctors could do nothing for them. And the kids end up in these iron lungs because their lungs aren't working. The vaccine went to zero almost. Incredible effect. It was salt, as you may know, and save, and they get the credit for discovering two separate vaccines. So that's a good example of how vaccines have made a huge difference to people, really. You know? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm now contemplating her getting the chickenpox vaccine. Yeah, at, when she's one. I had the chickenpox vaccine when I was in Germany. Right, as a baby. How did it go for you? I've never. <laughs> well, I've never had chickenpox. Never chickenpox. Good. Well, yeah. I had chickenpox, but apparently I got like three small spots on my back. That right. was it. There and was a chickenpox yeah. outbreak in my school, and I didn't. There was nothing itchy about them, and apparently I was kind of sad because everyone had chickenpox and I wanted them. But how come it was? rolled out as a standard vaccine protocol in Germany in 1987, mm. 1988. Well, different countries. Remember, in, in Europe, it's a national 
competency vaccination. You don't need to follow the European Union's guidelines on this if you don't want. Uh, chickenpox is a very mild disease. You know, I had it. Many of us had it. Remember the chickenpox parties? You may have heard of those yeah. in the good old days. It was good to catch it because then you but a tiny number of people do get severe disease. So again, you're trying to weigh up the risk-benefit there. The Germans decided the risk was, was too high compared to the benefits. You know, remember, every it's medical intervention disease. might make you sick, remember. And it can be very rare, some of these complications from the vaccine. But the truth is the Germans decided not to. And that natural infection work, you see. That is the most contagious of all the viruses, in case you don't know. Chickenpox. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you, um, one child will pass it to nine children, I think is the number, if I remember rightly, in a room. You know what I mean? But it's just really hard for them for that week. Like it's miserable. It's, itchy, oh, it's, it's miserable. miserable. My kids had it. Yeah. Uh, miserable business. <laughs> the, the awful nappy rash is worse because all these little, you know, little, little, little blisters, all that kind of, they're, they're whinging. You get the pseudocreme. Are you using pseudocreme? Not that we're sponsoring the show with pseudocreme, but that's a great thing. So you, are you I using use pseudocreme? it. No, I don't use it preventatively. No, there's no need to. But it's a fantastic inve- Irish invention. Let's give the Irish credit. I use it on myself. Zinc, you know, then the zinc kills bugs. And it's a wonderful thing, pseudocreme for, for uh, chicken pox as well. What else is new in the world of science, Luke? Where do you want to begin? So that never sleeps, as you know. Um, I want to start with something that has mass appeal. Yeah. Something that affects the most people. Something that affects the most people. uh, Well, now, it depends on which branch of science. The biggest medical impact we've seen in the news is Alzheimer's, which it's, it's a rare enough thing at one level, but many people know someone with Alzheimer's or they themselves might be developing Alzheimer's or a loved one. You so know, how can a you say it's a rare thing? Well, what I mean is it's older people. Like, it's not like an infection. Which oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, no, it's common enough, though. I think there's 43,000 people in Ireland it's, I think Alzheimer's. it's the saddest disease. Oh, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Awful business. I mean, it's a terribly pernicious disease because it progresses. Is that what Charlie Bird has? No, he's got he's a neuro on this. Yeah, That's sorry. another one that we worry about, though. All those neurological disorders are horrible, sadly, you know, and they all involve bits of the brain being attacked by the immune system. Let's get a plug in for immunologists again. So for some reason, <laughs> the immune system goes into your brain, beats up different parts of your brain. In the case of Alzheimer's, it's the hippocampus, where your memories are, so hence memory loss, and then you can't lay down new memories. The first symptom is often you can't remember recent stuff. So if you know anybody with Alzheimer's, you have the same conversation over and over again because they've got, they've got a one minute That kind of memory, happens to you know? me at the moment, but apparently that's baby brain. That's fatigue. Probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. All these things, you know. Um, so anyway, the big, the big goal was, can we get a treatment for this horrendous disease? Because the people then lose their memory, there's a personalities change. Mm-hmm. I saw a great thing recently, like if you've got a loved one, with Alzheimer's Music. they become a different personality not the person you fell in love with and you're stuck caring for them isn't that right, it okay. there's been a couple of books written about this how tough it is on carers you can imagine you know the person that you have been with for years is now a different person entirely but a bit more aggressive, aggressive person whatever it is you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have been with them at all I yes. um, so the burden on the carers is massive the person themselves are suffering terribly the health system it's expensive because people are in nursing homes and all kinds of things and I think it's, it's costing over a billion a year or something like that for the Irish health system now can you stop it is the big thing. 30 years of effort at last. A glimmer of hope, right? Which is superb to see. All those poor old scientists in their labs beavering away. There seems to be progress. Now what it is, is right? Uh, a guy called uh, Alzheimer himself 
who's named Joe after. It's named after he, he notices in the post-mortem brain samples, the hippocampus is full of these things called plaques. He, he saw the damage in the hippocampus. Sorry, he, this is who Alzheimer's based. Mr. Alzheimer. Sorry, I thought you meant yeah. that he was after discovering a cure. No, no, this, I think this is in, uh, over 100 years ago. Right, okay. The, the research begins then. They knew then it was the hippocampus. They knew something was getting deposited in the hippocampus. It mm-hmm. looked a bit looked like gunk building up. It's called, they're called plaques. Yeah. Then the biochemists get a hold of it. They purify the plaques. They identify a protein in the plaque. It's called beta amyloid. Yeah, you've talked about it Another before. Another horrible mouthful. But amyloids are proteins that clump. There's yeah. different types of amyloids in the body. This one, for some unknown reason still, clumps in your hippocampus. Now, what does that do? The immune system doesn't like it. It sees this gunk and tries to clear it because the immune system's job is to clear nasty mm-hmm. things. They can be bacteria, but they can also be damaged tissue. The immune system will clear a wound, you know. So the macrophages go in, the cell I work on in my lab. Uh, there's resident troops in the brain called microglial cells whose job it is to hoover up gunk. They get overactivated, right? And they get so active, they start to die. And that death of those cells begins to spew, if you will, vomit potentially, kind of, onto the neurons in that part of the brain. And the nerves begin to die. And that's where your memories are. So your memory loss begins to go. Now, that, that's called the beta amyloid hypothesis. Mm-hmm. It was around for 30 years. Some didn't believe it. Some thought it was a byproduct. It wasn't causing the disease. A lot of controversy toing at conferences to be people shouting at each other, you know. Yeah. Finally, we see a drug company, Eli Lilly, make a way to mop up the beta amyloid. And they do a clinical trial. And lo and behold, they've slowed it down by a third by mopping up the beta amyloid in early Alzheimer's. Okay, so in other words, catch it early. If you present with memory loss, they'll scan your brain for the beta amyloid and then put you on this drug and it stops the amyloid building up and that's what's slowing down the disease process. Now, importantly, it's only one company and you wonder, is that going to pan out? A second company called Esai had the same approach, a different drug, still targeting beta amyloid. They slow down disease as well. That was actually about nine months ago. So two companies now, independently, have shown if we target beta amyloid, we'll slow down this disease. And because I like it because it's two separate companies. Us scientists love to see what we call reproducibility, which mm-hmm. means another person repeats what you do. Two big companies have got the same data, and that gives us real hope. So the beta amyloid hypothesis is more than likely true, and then there's a possible way to slow down Alzheimer's, and that's why it's such big news. So for people listening, though, like if when 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 can you go to a pharmacy and get this? So now Lily are now looking for approval mm-hmm. with the FDA. Why do they have to do the FDA? Uh, or the EMA. They're the two big regulators for the US and Europe. you got yeah, to go to the regulator. Aren't you Eli Lilly and Kinsale? They're an American company. Oh, okay. I they thought they probably were. will get approval in the US first because mm-hmm. it's going to be expensive and the commercial side sadly comes into this, you know. Um, we know Eli sought per, uh, permission from the FDA and were granted permission, but only, only in restricted use. So they didn't why? why. Well, it's still a very early drug. Now, there was a side effect. What's the side effect? Brain swelling. Right. 1.6% of the people had severe brain swelling, which is a very unpleasant thing, and three people died. Right. Now, the FDA will look at that and go, is it worth it then? And they probably will say yes. You know, if if you were diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you'd probably take a chance on that. Well, yeah, because the other option is... Awful. And the the American advocacy group, there's an Alzheimer's association that represents patients, they'll be lobbying to get this approved because it's a big effect, you see. But we'll see. The regulators have... Now, this is a press release. It's a sad press. I'd I'd like to see the data, mind you. Mm -hmm. It's a press release to me. I literally know we can trust them, I think, you know. Um, But once the FDA and the EMA in Europe look at all the data, they'll make a decision in the next few months. It could well be available within months, which would be tremendous for patients. Will it be super expensive? Now, well, we know the e drug is costing $25,000 a year per patient. 
But when you balance that against the cost of caring for someone in the long run, that could be a saving. You okay. Know? The other good news is that there's two companies now, Pepsi versus Coke territory. So the price will come, come down. Uh, and do you think that who makes the decisions about whether or not the Irish government make an, a medication free for people? Well, the EMA is the, we're in the EU, obviously. Yeah. So the EMA, the European Medicine Society, they make a decision to approve it or not. Right? Then it's up to the Irish system to approve it. We have mm-hmm. our own HPRA. They can be a bit slow. I mean, there's a bit of controversy at the moment. Sometimes they take a bit of time compared to other countries. Yeah. It's, well, as soon as, in my opinion, as soon as the EMA press go, we should take we should it. Now, there's it. a pricing issue, of course, because if we suddenly approve a new drug and it's going to cost millions, where does that money come from? Will the Irish government have to cough up more for the HSE? I don't know. You know the, yeah. Those issues come into play as well. Because obviously the, the, the amount of money in the pot is finite and maybe less vaccines for kids. It wouldn't be that necessarily, but you know, yeah. they make decisions, you know, so it's hard. It's, but that is one that affects not simple, you know. so many people. Yeah. Um, so what else is new? Talk to me about Ozempic. Ozempic, yeah, well, that's the other one that's all oh, dominant. Now, I'm very familiar with this over the years. It's called GLP-1. It's a metabolic. My lab works on metabolism uh, and how the body metabolizes sugars and fats, right? GLP-1 was discovered. It was first found in the Gila monster, a lizard. What? <laughs> this is the origin of this. Let you hear this now. So after a lizard has a big meal, it was able to control its blood glucose very effectively. Now, remember, diabetes is the first place we talk about with this one. Yeah. So in diabetes, you can't control your blood glucose. So when you have a meal, as you eat that biscuit before my very eyes, Mm -hmm. the glucose will go into your blood and the cells take up the glucose and you're happy because the glucose is taken up. Diabetics, they can't take up enough glucose and it builds up in your bloodstream and causes all kinds of problems. Okay. For example, blindness because there's too much sugar in your eye. Did you know that? Or ulcers on your legs because there's too much sugar. Oh, wow. The bugs love the sugar. So there's all kinds of clinical consequences of diabetes. It's a very damaging disease, you see. Now, these lizards can control their blood glucose with this hormone they discover in the Gila monster. And lo and behold, we've got the same thing. It's called GLP-1. Okay. Now, what GLP-1 does is it regulates metabolism. It makes sure your body can respond to insulin, which is the hormone that controls glucose. Bottom line is GLP-1 will lower blood glucose very effectively and also controls fat. That's that's where this is going to go next, of course, Mm -hmm. because it controls fat metabolism, right? And then, of course, they do trials on it for diabetics and they notice they lose weight. Now, remember, many diabetics are obese, and that's one of the reasons why they have diabetes, because that puts pressure on the body. But lo and behold, the people lose weight. Of course, they snowball the company, see this, hey, we've got a treatment for obesity. And suddenly then, the drug gets approved for obesity. Now, remember, this isn't regular, a bit of, you know, tummy fat or whatever. This is, this is more initially very severe obesity. It's very hard to treat. Yep. Very dangerous obesity. Heart disease, cancer, you know, all these things are consequences of being obese. So this was seen as a big breakthrough for people who have diabetes and who are obese. But then, of course, now they know you can give it to anybody to lose weight. And that's what's happening. So it's being prescribed for anybody who's even overweight, you know. And that's yeah. where the controversy begins to come in because can you justify that? Now, again, obesity is a huge clinical, even mild obesity is a clinical problem. It can give rise to higher risk of things. You it know. can, but is it as big of a problem as people make it out to be? Because Sir, there, there is also this cohort of people who say that you can be healthy at every size just because you're obese doesn't mean that you're not healthy. Treating obesity, because I, I read a thing in um, New Scientist that said that American, in America they're saying if you see a child from the age of 8 to 12 who who has obesity as a disease you should start treating it gastric bypass gastric surgery at that young age because you want to stop it from developing 
Yeah, there's no doubt. Now, it depends on what we mean by obesity. There's a limit on this, and the BMI is used, the body mass index, you know? Mm -hmm. And we know above a certain BMI, big trouble. Big yeah. trouble for all kinds of health problems, and especially in children. They'll have it for life, and they they can't lead full lives, and all kinds of medical problems forever, kind of, especially cancer, you know? Mm -hmm. Higher risk of that. So that's no doubt it's very useful for those people. Now, the, the question becomes, why are they obese? And that's where the real societal nastiness began to come in. Yeah. And then a very important Irish scientist called Stephen O'Reilly. Let's give Steve a shout out. He's a friend of mine. So the full disclosure, he's in Cambridge in the UK. He was the first to show obesity can be genetic. Okay. In other words, it's not just that you're gorging all the time. You you're, you can't regulate your food intake. Your appetite is chaotic. And there's a hormone called leptin, which was the first one shown. So if you have a leptin deficiency, all those people become very obese. Right, okay. You see what I mean? So in other words, it became less of a stigma then. It's a medical yeah. problem. And that's where this research came from, in a way, to see if you could correct that now. with GLP-1 is a... Zempic is effectively a hormone, by the way, that your right, body okay. makes anyway, you know? So that, that begins to improve the landscape for obese people you see who are obese through no fault of their own yeah it's simply because remember the old days it was your hormone type thing yeah that's true but the hormones are changing because you've got a genetic difference you're okay. born with it if you see what i mean so again you got to treat those people with the right hormone and try to get allow them to lose weight you see is the idea but now, ozempic is really expensive and you have to be on it for life right there's all that stuff yeah if you come off it you put the weight back on yeah. the side effects nausea is one of the one of the things it does is it makes you feel sick so you don't eat as much but right, that's okay. one of the mechanisms, you see. It's almost, like, it's almost like the body makes it after a meal to stop you eating because as a regulator, you know, okay. that's, the, that's the way they think of it. Now, this nausea is very nasty in some people. They feel awful, you know. And you're quite right, though. You, and the studies are showing when you come off it, you put the weight back on anyway, you know. But apparently, I was again reading about this, you put the weight back on, but it depends on how much weight you lose on it. You tend to, if you lose a certain percentage of your body weight, then you will gain back not all of it but if you don't lose such a high percentage you can even gain back more but it does how much you gain depends on how much you lost while on it right yeah there's those studies you see are emerging now yeah. you know to try to figure out what's going on I suppose and there's some I mean it's if this all pans out uh, which means the side effects aren't that bad it'll become like statins the biggest drug ever watch simply because so many people are overweight or obese, you see. So the, mm -hmm. so the question will be, what BMI will you choose to approve it to use in, you know? Because yeah. if we, we're all slightly, I'm slightly overweight myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to start taking it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then other people might. So it could be a massive market. And the justification will be, if it all panned out, we'll see less cancer, less heart disease. They're the two big ones that, that all being overweight causes. And yeah. that would have a beneficial effect on the healthcare system then, you know? So the pricing is kind of set based on what you save at the other end is the idea. Okay, here. right. So that's the way they work these things out. But the problem at the moment is they can't make enough of it and yes. the diabetics can't get access to it. Which is <laughs> which really is awful, unfair. Because yeah, they're the ones who really need it, you know. And that, that, that'll be sorted. Maybe they'll build a factory in Cork. Your hometown. It's a great place to build a factory. Make, oh, all those factories spewing stuff all over the place. Um, they'll build a factory to make more of it. The, the supply issue will be will be soluble. At just any time there's a weight loss drug or anything, I, I, I just have my, my all the red flags go up for me because there are going to be a cohort of people for whom this is very necessary, who have an issue, but there are going to be a cohort of people who do not need this drug, who are taking it because of societal pressures to have a certain body type. And that 
really gets my goat. Oh yeah, I know. It's a tough one to address, isn't it? Because how, how do you address the societal issues there? In a yeah. way, you know. And I, that's why I love the fact that obesity can be genetic because that that's good in a sense. I know it's not great yeah. for the people who have it, but it's not nobody's. And fault. when you say g- obesity is genetic, does that mean that you have a predisposition? Does yeah. that mean that with diet and exercise you can't control this, you, or that if your diet and exercise are eat, like you just have less flexi? You'll struggle with your weight. I saw that way. No matter what you do, and the people for are example, trying to exercise and then they. They just can't lose the weight with the, with the best of intentions kind of thing yeah. that's going on there. You know, so Like, my husband is on a statin. Yeah. He has a very good diet. He exercises. His father died at the age of 45 uh, and all of his brothers are also on statins. Right. And have a cholesterol. Yeah. So, like, he did a cholesterol blood test. I think his cholesterol was, you know, 6.9. Yeah. And then he did an intense diet and exercise thing for three months didn't work and it was like 6.8 and he probably was miserable he was miserable (laughs) which isn't good either because he has this he doesn't want to be on a statin you know he doesn't want to have to be on a medication for life but the doctor kind of put it to him like this you know this is not about your lifestyle this is clearly a genetic issue exactly same PJ Gallagher has the same and you just you're just going to have to be on this that's right some people their bodies can't handle cholesterol properly yeah. subset of people you know and then they can't keep the cholesterol low anyway no matter mm-hmm. what they do so they're the ones that they were the initial they, like they were putting statins of course and it worked great in them yeah. and then of course they realise well, anybody with a tiny increase in cholesterol and, and you aren't prepared to change your diet you better get in the statin because it'll lower cholesterol you see so that, yeah. that began that became a massive blockbuster drug so that's the way these things work I but you're right though the weight loss thing is disastrous isn't it in so many ways it is I mean, because and, and it, people are tormented by this and in my lab I would have I think 16 people and four them are women, you know. Yeah. And I hear them talking about it. It's a torment, isn't it, for people? It's tormenting. And especially because obviously our bodies have different hormones to men. We have, you know, we have pregnancy. Like I know my body changed dramatically when I did IVF. Not necessarily that I gained weight, but the fat distribution on my body completely changed after those drugs. I don't know if that's a side effect or I'm creating a conspiracy theory, but I have yeah. body fat in places that I never had it before. Right. And... You know, I think that it also put, when there are these, I'm in inverted commas, cures for obesity, then it further stigmatizes people in obese bodies because it's like, well, there is a cure. Why aren't you doing yeah, it? Exactly. Why aren't you taking Ozempic? Why it aren't puts you. It puts more pressure on them, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and they might want to take this new fancy drug because they don't like the look of it, you know. But even like, is it not okay to be okay in the body that you're in? Like, 100%. You know? How do we achieve that step? Would you mind telling me? Well, I don't know, but I know that I, I was definitely. Feel comfortable, you know. I, I mean, was, isn't that it? Not I just about their, their body image, but everything. At my sickest and at yeah. my most at risk health wise when I was underweight. Like, yes, absolutely. Exactly. I had uh, osteopenia, which is the yep. start of osteoporosis, amenorrhea. I didn't have a period for three and a half years. My teeth were falling out. My hair was falling out. My nails were breaking. I didn't have... And, and I've been also in an obese body when I was in my 20s. I didn't have any of those issues. And I'm not saying that obesity is fine, but I am saying that, like, we stigmatise obesity in a way that we... And I was just given so many compliments when I was underweight. Yeah, you really? Know? Oh, God. So many. And I was so Isn't sick. awful? Yeah, so, and freezing and starving all the time. Yeah. Well, look at eating disorders, the the epidemic of them now. You yeah. know, it's terrible, isn't it? You know, so I think it is... The societal question is a tough one, isn't it? But it does seem that for some... So before Ozempic, people who were obese or overweight were given advice from doctors or prescriptions from doctors to basically 
get eating disorders yeah. like to behave in a way like don't eat for this many hours a day only eat these things cut your calories yeah. like you're just creating eating disorders in people well, well in one of my books as you know I'm like plugging my book with Go you for all the time never mind the bollocks right yeah. <laughs> I've got a chapter on, on obesity and weight loss right and I quote Dolly Parton at the start yeah. she says I tried, I tried every diet in the book she said in the end, I ate the book. It was tastier than some of the diets I was on. Yeah. You know, but but the fact is, they've scientifically assessed all the diets. There's something like 90 diets out there, whatever, mm-hmm. the Atkins and all these things. None of them really work, yeah. amazingly. The only one that worked was um, Jenny Craig is one of them, and Weight Watchers, WW. Yeah. There was evidence they work. And the reason they work is support. Yeah, there's it's a community. It's not so much what you eat. It's to do with the people around you and they're all, I'll keep going and encouraging you and that kind of thing. Because yeah. remember, we all know if you if you eat less and exercise more, it's good for you. <laughs> but yeah. we're, we're not able to do it. We, we, we'd rather sit in front of the TV or whatever it is. Or Well, I think know. particularly in this country, like a lot of the yeah. times going out and exercising is is pretty grim. It's very grim. It yeah. is. But you can easily just do a bit in your in your living room as you're watching Game of Thrones, I suppose. But I we all did it during lockdown. I like I like lying on the couch. You know, so. <laughs> so you can do crunches. Just taking a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Rockwell Financial. Rockwell Wealth Management are proud supporters of women in business. They support this podcast, they support me, and they want to support you too. They have a free consultation for basically listeners. This is the offer. You contact them, you tell them that you listen to the Basically podcast and they will give you a free one-to-one consultation to help you with your wealth management or any financial advice you need. When you're not feeling well or if you're in pain, getting medical treatment without delay is what matters. Matter Private has an emergency department at their hospital in Dublin and Cork where you can get access to emergency medical care quickly. I've used the service myself. The emergency department team was led by a consultant and they got me seen within 30 minutes of my arrival, which is their goal for all patients. And that means you can get whatever diagnostic tests you need without a delay, like a CT scan, an MRI scan, an ultrasound. And those results are fast tracked to help the medical team work out what was most suitable for your treatment. If you need to be admitted to the hospital, which I didn't, you will be seen as soon as possible by a consultant who specialises in your specific medical or surgical area of need. It's for over 16s only and they're open in Dublin Monday to Saturday 8am to 5pm and in Cork from Monday to Friday 9 to 5. See matterprivate.ie for more details on getting the specialist care you need as soon as possible. If you're not feeling well and you need medical treatment quickly, visit the emergency department at Matter Private Cork and Dublin. Is AI taking over? How can I be safe online? Will big tech go bust? For tech's sake, we'll answer all of these questions and more in its new series. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. And we're back with more experts to help you be a more informed and empowered tech user. For tech's sake is a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. So anyway, tell me what else is new in science. What else is new? Well, there's the moonshot coming up. So that's the other great news if you're a... The moonshot. Uh, the moonshot, yeah. The NASA are going back to the moon. Have you seen that? No. In 2025. Get that. Yeah. You've missed this one, haven't you? Who's going? Artemis. It's called Artemis, the mission, right? Yeah. Who was the sister of Apollo. Yeah. Very appropriate. And Artemis was also the goddess of the moon. You know, so that's quite nice as well. Yeah. They've got all the astronauts have been selected. Isn't it great? Are any of them Irish? No, 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 as far as I know, they're not. No. Right. And dare I say, a woman's going to walk on the moon. <laughs> and then, of course, the other thing that came out yesterday was women are much more suited to space travel. Why? 
their their metabolism is a bit better, less oxygen is needed. They're probably a bit smaller. Maybe yeah. wondering. I don't know what the, the physiology of it is, but it turns out women would survive better in space. So so maybe all the astronauts from now on shall be women. How long are they going to the moon for? They're going. I think it's. And um, for what? Why do we need to go to the moon again? That's the next question. Exactly. Why would I you bother? I feel like it's just uh, we're doing this. Well, they're building a moon base on the south pole of the moon. Right? Right. Near the Shackleton Crater. Isn't that great? Yeah. This is the South Pole of the Moon. There's ice there. There's water ice. So they can use the water. They're going to build a moon base, right? Now, why would you bother is a really good question. Uh, they want to go to Mars. <laughs> the oh, next so they're going to have to take off from the moon. They'll take off and go to Mars. I think it's good. I mean, you might say they're spending billions on this while there's all these other issues on Earth. But remember, the Apollo program, we wouldn't have computers today without it. There were all these technological spin-outs. Now, maybe you're going to say computers are a bad thing, but no, still, not. so many tech things came out of that moon. But are they going to go problem. to the moon and use the water and use the ice and just destroy the moon like we've destroyed here? That's like, the do, next question. Does that'll the moon be, not need looked, that water? That will be looked very closely. We, we can't have them wrecking the moon even when it we're wrecking the Earth. It so expensive. Like, I know the International Space Station has now been around for like 23 years. Yeah. And I think it's expired. It was meant to be like 24 or 25. Yeah. But it is categorically the most expensive thing that has ever been built. Ever. Yeah, but you've got to look at the economics. Of it. Where was that money spent? That created employment. In other words, you're spending okay, your money in your own economy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it didn't create as much employment as it cost. Like, you're paying also for the technology involved. The money recirculates in the economy, they argue, right? So in other words, those contracts the US government signed with people, with company X to develop product Y, right? Yeah, That Space company X. then reinvests the profit into... Well, in other words, economic activity is great. The worst thing for a government to do is not to spend any money at all because the whole thing seizes up. I understand. You know what I mean? So the, the, the economic argument is always a bit strange, I think. Now, I hear you, though. You could spend the money on something else. But the space station <laughs> is now... I, I don't think that they're going to do another one. Well, because no. the international relations that set that one up don't that's exist gone. anymore. Yeah. Like America, yeah. there'll probably be well, like a Well, that's another Chinese reason to do it, station. just to foster. In, and the, this uh, NASA, it's NASA, the Canadian Space Agency, the European Space Agency, the Japanese, are all uniting on this mission. That's a good thing as well. To go know? to the moon. And the other thing I'd say is this. Now, I do. it's a tricky one. I hear what you're saying in that a lot of money's going to be wasted on wrecking the moon, potentially. Yeah. Although they won't wreck the moon, hopefully. You can't stop the human adventurous spirit, isn't it? To boldly go. And who knows what we might discover on this mission and We've from the Apollo program from the Apollo program we discovered all this stuff that's very useful to I wonder when the American flag did they leave the flag on the moon? I suppose they must have did they? Yes I, don't I wonder know. if it'll still Good be question. there That's if they went to the moon at all Steph. They did Don't be oh, that guy Don't be ridiculous um, <laughs> Tell me this uh, Can you bring an iPhone to the moon? Now I wouldn't know the. I'm not an expert on the moon shot uh, I'll look it up for you How about that? I'll Google it um, Okay that's I suppose f- you can, but nobody's going to hear you. <laughs> I mean to take pictures. Oh, God. Now, the other good news is that the, the 2024, right, at this, the spaceship's called Orion, right? You said it was Orion. called Artemis. The mission is called Artemis. Okay. Now, Orion, did you know Artemis in Greek mythology? Yes. Orion was a great hunter. Mm-hmm. And to reward him, uh, he was stuck up into the stars. So Art, and then we see Orion's belt. Anyway, yep. that, that's the only that's going up. It's going to go round the moon, take loads of photographs of the far side of the moon, high resolution with these fancy new cameras, and then come back to where it's going to be a, a dry run, as it were. Right? I own an acre of land on the moon. I do. And what are you doing with it? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do anything, but I have a certificate that says I own an acre of land on the moon. How much did it cost you? You were, God, you were suckered into that one, weren't you? I won it on a radio competition. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. You'd rather have an acre of land somewhere else, wouldn't you? Not on the moon. I would, yeah. But I have an acre on the moon. Oh, very good. I wonder now if they start populating the moon. Is that called Can the I... Preisner Crater? <laughs> it's not, but I th- it's probably on the dark side, in fairness. <laughs> I don't know. But I wonder, because I know that you can buy acres of land on the moon, and I have one. Yeah. But I wonder, like, if they start... 
going up to the moon, could you be like, hang on a second, I own that. That's my land. That's yeah. my land. Now, they are building the space station and it's going to be partly private, right? Right. And you can go and stay in it potentially one day. There'll be a hotel on the moon they're talking about here. And it could cost you millions, by the way, to spend a the week moon on the hotel. moon. hotel. But the moon hotel is going to be part of this mission as well, apparently, you see. So we'll see what happens there. Would you like to be on the moon? I'd love to. I'd go like that. Absolutely. I'd go jump at that, wouldn't you? Well, the most amazing thing. Imagine seeing the Earth from up there. I just feel like one of my criteria for going anywhere is can I easily get away if I want to? You yeah. know? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't so be... that's why like, I don't drink. I'll drive yeah. home. I always bring my car. I, I need to be able to escape. And I feel like if I went to the moon... If I went to the moon, I'd feel a bit trapped. Because you obviously have to wait. Stephanie, would you not go up there and just stay up there? Forget all this crap down here. Wouldn't that be great? Bring, I wonder bring, how long you could last. Bring the family, you know. <laughs> well, they're doing all these tests. One reason for this mission, by the way, is that the, the next phase of Artemis is to test uh, radiation on the body in space. Okay. They're, they're going to go further from the Earth than anybody's gone before this year, right, with the Orion vessel. Okay. You know, they go around the moon and keep going for a while, you know. As far as it And those go. humans... There's four of them, uh, one of whom is a woman, you know, there's a Canadian and then two, mm-hmm. two Americans. They'll be as far from Earth as anybody's ever been. Again, you might wonder what's the point in that. But still, that's what they're doing. Then they're coming back again, you know. And, and then next year, they're going to land on the moon. Can you do you know about you know Sally I mean? Field? I do, of course. The woman who was killed. Yeah, she was the first American yeah. woman to go into space. That's right, in the space shuttle. Yeah. yeah. And, and that cost a huge amount of money, that space shuttle. By she the died way. on that. She did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but she was the one who... Um, the NASA astronauts asked her, she was going for a week, and they asked her, would 100 tampons be enough for a week? And she was like, um, "That's you could easily cut that number in half and it would be fine. And these are like, you know, we say, oh, what, it's not year, rocket science. Steph, what year was that? 1983. <laughs> well, the men didn't know about tampons. It was a mystery. But, but it was this, one of the great and then, mysteries. so they sent her with 50 of them, and they tied them together. Oh, they tied them together so that they wouldn't float away. So they're absolutely useless anyway. But I just think that we say, you know, it's not rocket science. As yeah. if rocket scientists are the most intelligent people on the planet. Yeah. And yet they don't know yeah, how many tampons a woman would yeah. need for a week. The big one I like was the toilets. Women couldn't use them. Why? Whatever the shape of it was, I don't know, the women right. said they're too uncomfortable. They, they redesigned the toilet. It'll be on this spaceship. That'll be uh, anybody can use, based on your anatomy. Isn't that nice? Oh, nice. So they, oh, yeah, you see now. So they're thinking of these things, which is great. And I think it'd be great. I mean, I, again, can you imagine if uh, it's a woman and a certain ethnic groups? So it'd be great to see a group of people on the moon, really, that are, that are all these white men. Like, remember, yeah, no, it will. remember in the old Apollo Although mission. you probably won't be able to see with their suits on. Who they are, well, what that's gender, that's colour yeah. they are. Yeah, but you know, they knew at the Apollo program that women were more suited and they ignored it because they knew men have to go. But they got easily sent women. Now, the Russians did send women up, remember, because remember the Soviet thing was men and women yeah. had equality. And then the first women in space were, were Russian women, the cosmonauts, you know. So that was a good example. The but now we're see, we've caught up with the Russians, kind of, at least in regard to this one anyway. <laughs> um, they're going to send women to we've the We've surpassed them in other ways. We, we have, yeah. But it's going to be controversial, isn't it, who you pick to go, I suppose. Okay, final story. What's new? Final story from the world of science. Let me think now for a minute. Uh, well, there's good stuff on conspiracy theories, that actually, that have mm-hmm. come across recently, you know. I and, love conspiracy theories. And why do theories. people fall for them? It's quite a serious Fear. thing. Quite a serious thing, remember, because of the pandemic, partly, you know. But also, many people believe in these conspiracies and the psychology of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fear. So, for example, after 9-11... They went through the roof, the number of conspiracies. People are frightened and begin to believe. The reason for that is they want control over this uncertainty. 
uh, JFK's assassination is a big one as well, you know, and then the I pandemic, think that it's, you know. People want to believe that the government are planning something because that helps them to feel like at least the government can plan. Yes, but that's if true. they knew. Yeah what the government can actually orchestrate. Oh, it's a James Bond villain. In other words, there's yes, a conspiracy okay. about there's someone trying to do this as opposed to a random event. Because ran- we hate random things, don't we, that are so devastating. So so it is absolutely to do with fear. The question then becomes, how do you encourage people not to end up with this? Because it can be very debilitating for people. And you know, I don't know whether you've come across people in families who are believing these things and upsets everybody, this kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, education, the dreaded thing again, you know, if you, if you, if you let people um, assess data, assess evidence and make their own minds up. And there's various tips. It's a book actually I've just read about this, to be honest, so mm-hmm. recommending what you can do. So look at the source of the information, see if someone else is saying the same thing. A big one is if someone who's advocating for a conspiracy is questioned and they dodge the question, or make or, or go down deep or into the conspiracy without giving the evidence then you know there's something up you know yeah. and especially if they say we don't know if they never say well that could be right if they're uncertain that's a good thing so what scientists I always like I don't know the answer to that I'll try and find out you know that's a good thing you know? so yeah. there's ways to guard against it but then still a percent of our population will will go for these conspiracy theories which is just the truth of the matter you know yeah it's very frustrating to try and converse with someone and I always say to people what evidence would you need to see in order to change your mind on this and very often they say I don't, well, no evidence because yeah. it's all a con that's the problem you're like okay well I obviously now can't talk to you but now. this is the trouble there. then you're in trouble yeah, yeah. your mind yeah. will whereas a scientist would never say that Yeah, a scientist wants the evidence mm-hmm. and if they can't get the evidence they go looking for it or admit they haven't got it yet that kind of thing you mm-hmm. know? but you're right though that, that, that's the end of the conversation sadly then you know. and then what can you do in that situation so it's a bit, it's a bit you know one of my favourite ones is Paul McCartney is dead one did you ever hear that one no so in 1969, yep. a DJ in America said Paul McCartney had died. You've heard of Paul McCartney, haven't you? The Beatles. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Yeah. So he had died. His sister makes the sausages. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. Is it his sister or his I wife? I think it's his daughter, isn't it? Oh, okay. Or his wife. Yeah, Linda, who passed away. Yeah, yeah. She was a vegan. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, in 1966, the rumour went he had died in a traffic accident, right? He was replaced in the Beatles by a guy called Billy Shears. Now, in the song, With Little Help From My Friends, they mention a guy called Billy Shears. Okay. And then the Beatles leave clues on all their album covers that McCartney was dead, right? So, for example, on the Abbey Road cover, Lennon is dressed in white. He's the priest, you know? Okay. Uh, Ringo is dressed in black. He's the undertaker. George is in denims. He's the grave digger. And McCartney's walking in his bare feet. That was the evidence. And there's a Volkswagen on the cover of Abbey Road. Okay. It says 28 if... He would have been 28 if he was alive. <laughs> and loads of people believe that McCartney had died, right? Right. Now, in, in truth, he'd gone to live in Scotland and he had avoided the media for six months or something. You know, he wasn't dead at all. You know, But they built up maybe nine lines of evidence to say he died, including at the end of Strawberry Fields, Lennon is saying, I buried Paul, apparently. Okay. He's actually saying cranberry sauce, it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> But it, but you see, it's interesting that from a scientific point of view, I use that with our students. Here, there were nine separate lines of evidence. You could easily tie them all together and go, he's dead, you know? But d- did people unbelieve that? Well, eventually they realised and he, and he appeared in public and he said, I'm not dead, you know? Because so. what I find fascinating is, you know, people who had the COVID conspiracies and yeah. what do they do when the evidence... You know, when, is overwhelming. Is a, no, it doesn't doesn't present itself. You know, well, they'll, so, they'll accuse you of making up the evidence. Then you know, or, or the evidence that you're countering something with. That that's one thing that happens. In or this people situation. will say, you know, oh, the army are going to be on the streets tomorrow. Just keep sending this message, yeah. and then the army don't appear on the streets. Yeah, well, it's like the, the end is nigh, territory, isn't it? The world's going to end next week. Kind of yeah, thing, you know, and it doesn't actually end. You know, so there's always an excuse, isn't there? So right, oh, look, okay. uh, it hasn't happened yet, or something's intervened here, or something. You know, but the thing that gets me is even when you give scientific evidence for something, they're going to go, that's made up, and then you can't win. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, that, and that happened with the vaccines to some extent when they said, oh, that was made up by those drug companies. Now, it might have been, you know. <laughs> or when they use anecdotes <laughs> as data, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my sister had a really bad reaction to the vaccine and she hasn't had her period since. Yeah, that kind of Like, thing. that may be true, but that anecdote is not representative of... Well, that, that's why we need science. Yeah. Because it, it, maybe that was true, right? You want to see loads of people. You want reproducibility, as I said already, to another study should confirm it. The right, remember, scientists can be biased sometimes. It's not it's not 100% squeaky clean either. Mm-hmm. People want to get their big publication out and then maybe they won't make it up necessarily, but certainly it mightn't be perfect science. You know? yeah. So, but you need, you need, you need these, the scientific method is what saves us every time in this situation, you know? But it, I always come back to Andrew Wakefield who was the guy who said that he did study and he had data to say that the MMR vaccine caused autism in children. And some people still believe that. They still believe it. Of course they do. Yeah, because they're terrified. Remember, because as you experience yourself, you're, you're giving your baby something that they, that you think they don't need. They're not sick and you're mm-hmm. intervening, you know, and of course there's anxiety anyway. And a certain percent of people go, I'm not going to use those because I don't want to harm my baby, you know. And then the trouble is, the likes of Wakefield is there. Oh, there you have it. You know, I told you. Kind of, and then he was massively discredited, as you know, and it's not true. But then actually, to be honest, it could have been true at the time. I think he 12 kids. There was a link, right? Yeah. The Swedes were the first to study in great detail that vaccine could find no link using thousands and thousands and thousands. And that's when people said, this isn't true now. Well, when you look at all of the kids who get the MMR yeah. vaccine, yeah. and most of them are not autistic. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you need it. In other words, you have to be open-minded as a scientist, remember. It may well be McCartney was dead. <laughs> yeah, not, he just came back yeah. from the dead. Um, but then let's see the evidence to support it, you know. And then finally, it wasn't true. So that's why you need science to, t- to check these things out, I think, you know. Well, thank you very much for coming in and enlightening us uh, how is your podcast going oh my competing one to your no, it's fine. yeah no you give it a plug <laughs> it's fine yeah show me the science yes every Thursday uh, news talk yes yeah, great yeah I love doing it you know I wander up to the studio from my now luckily Steph I'm two minutes from here which is great to yeah. see you you know News talk is only 10 minutes away. So I wander up on a Thursday and I record three of them back to back. And I pick things I'm interested in. And then I sit there and witter for a while. And do you get to, do audience get to suggest things? They do, Absolutely. I love them. In fact, I would say at the moment, one in five are suggested by the audience. They nice. say, please cover this topic. Now, I'll only cover it if I know something about it. For yes. once, you might find this hard to believe. I pick things I know something about. <laughs> I try to well, anyway. Stay within your lane. Yeah, stay within your lane. Have you dropped important. your um, security guards? Remember when you used to go to news talk during COVID? And you I have. have I miss them now. They were great. Jer, if he ever listens to you from Tally, he was my great guy. He was with me all the time. Yeah, so sadly, yeah, they've gone now. Yeah, which is okay. A good thing, isn't it? I suppose. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I felt very How important. long was he with you? I felt like you know you were a rock star, a Hollywood star with me, security detail three paces behind me. You know, and I'd, I'd wave at him occasionally. Yeah. Um, but it just shows that like you needed a security detail and the T-shirt didn't. Well, when you think of it, those times, I'm I'm still trying to pinch myself to remember them stuff. It seems like months, years ago, and yet it was only a year or so ago, wasn't it? You know, but it's strange, very peculiar times. Though, People were just so scared and so angry at you. Fear and all kinds of things, was going, all those emotions again. Yeah. Why are we such emotional creatures? There's the next question. I don't know. I have a Chinese doctor who does acupuncture with me. Oh, will you do an episode about acupuncture? Yeah, let's do that. It'd be great. Yes. Do you believe in it? There's evidence. Yes. There's certainly evidence. Will you please need come? Dig, need to dig into it a bit, you know. You dig into it and then come and do as it. As far as I'm aware, it even works in animals, which is a great sign. Yes. In other words, there must be wiring in there. Your body in the needles access the wiring. If that's the case, that'd be superb. But that'd be the real evidence that it really works. Yeah, it? my I mean, people swear by it, don't they? I mean, people, yeah, I love it. And I, one of the things I'm a big fan of is, by the way. It never bothers me if, if someone goes, "Oh, that doesn't work," and someone else goes, "I like it." That's fine as long mm-hmm. as it doesn't harm you. 
and it's not costing you an arm and a leg. You know? Well, it is expensive, and That's I don't like being taken for a fool, so I wouldn't like That's to hear that it's with, placebo. With, with, the, with, the, um, with the acupuncture, it might be a bit expensive. Yeah. You don't want to be ripped off, you know? No. But one last story before I let you go. Go. Before so, you let me go. Yeah. <laughs> he says I'm doing no. my podcast now. Um, so uh, about 30, 25 years ago, I was doing stuff for the Arthritis Foundation in Ireland, and, and they're a great organisation or charity to help arthritis patients, and I work on arthritis. And there was someone going around door to door selling this sort of potion to help your knees and your hips if you've osteoarthritis, right? Mm-hmm. They said it was collagen. Now, collagen is a part of your joints and your immune system can react to your own collagen. But if you take collagen, you can turn the immune system off. You can desensitize is the word we use, right? And it was like 50 quid for a little jar of this stuff, right? I got some into it. They asked me to test it. No collagen in it at all. It was basically just a few chemicals and a coloring and that was it. Now that just shows you, doesn't it? How you got to be careful, <laughs> you know. So, so be very careful, you know, in terms of what you take. Is, is the advice there? But really. People are just so desperate when they're in pain. Well, I that's what it that's is. You why. see, it's, but again, all of this, our theme today, in some ways, isn't it? Is fear, fear, yeah, and exploiting that fear or capitalizing on it or you know, leveraging it in various ways, including with the weight loss thing. I'm sure, I'm sure the obesity question is partly you're frightened that your friends won't like you or yeah. you won't get a career. All these things at the back of your mind. And those so. things are true. Like it's <laughs> awful. Yeah, Anyway, you have listened to another episode of Basically. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch on Instagram. If you want to get in touch with Luke, you can't, but you can get in touch with his podcast on Newstalk or you can get in touch with me and I'll pass him on the message. Um, that is it for another week. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We're produced by Judy Hassett and we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. See you next week. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.